millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. They were so desperate to pump him up on Sky Sport. It was unbelievable. Roy Keane was asked what he liked about his performance. And Keane seemed surprised by the question, even though he had been saying himself that Fernandez had put in a really good performance. He couldn't think of anything to say. And he's just like, well, everything about it. And then Sky started showing highlights. The first highlight they showed was him hitting a ball out for a fucking goal kick by the corner flag. He just completely overhit a shit pass. This is Paul McGrath. You're listening to the Villa Podcast. That morning Sky gave me a look. So I left while you were sleeping. That's all it took. Clutch Aston Villa. Remember we were all talking about controlling teams and being in possession and being tight. Forget about all that. Aston Villa are better when they bring the chaos. And I think Steven Gerrard realises this now. Let the boys go. Let them at them. Let them go 2-0 down and see what happens. <laughs> we, we have a team of character, Liam. We have a team that when this game descends into all sorts of carnage, Aston Villa are ready for you and they all suit that game so well because they'll hound players down they'll win the ball back they'll drift all over the pitch and attack and defense it's a mess sometimes and it is bloody beautiful 2-0 down against manchester united game over not on your fucking nelly 2-2 got to a stage where it was like let's fucking ram this home not three i wanted a fourth at that stage i was happy with the two in the end considering what had happened but by God, what a game. What a second half. Yeah, it was an incredible performance and there wasn't a moment of that game other after the first 30 minutes whenever we started fucking playing that I wasn't expecting Aston Villa to win the game because they were just so much better. I mean, even in the first 10 minutes, we were nearly good. Like, we were playing with urgency. Went overboard a few times when Buendia and Dougie on two separate occasions absolutely spanked the ball out of play. <laughs> and the game became hectic, including our defender. And it was an absolute shambles for the first 10 minutes from a defensive point of view. And after that then, the first 30 minutes, like the crowd were getting restless because Villa weren't playing the way they should, the way they're set up to play. And like I know you've paid in. I know it's boring. But that was United's fault. So, so let's just calm down. Like we've had... We've had an absolute howler from the most unlikely of sources. And we could have been better at trying things and not even difficult things, just not being afraid to turn the ball around the corner, afraid to step into the space and take it. I mean, it was like watching 
Ireland at times. I mean, not that many teams sit back against Ireland, but you know what I mean? It was a Glenn Whelan performance from a lot of players other than Emmy Buendia in that first 30 minutes. Like, there never seemed to be an option, which was a fucking scandalous state of affairs because we were pouring forward as well. It was Mings, Konza, and Dougie dropping in and everyone else up the pitch. So where the fuck were they? But after that, we just we dominated the game and we dominated in Man United's half and it was it was joyous. Such a shame that Ronaldo was injured because I really thought that Rangnick would have just gone back to the two up top. He would have he would definitely would have if Ronaldo was there. And I'm not criticizing Ronaldo, I'm just saying he would have stuck with two strikers. Um because he sort of happened upon the best way of playing, which was having five midfielders, especially against Aston Villa in the FA Cup. Like when they brought Donny van de Beek on, he didn't do much, but they looked way better than they looked way more in control. They took the sting out of the game with five. And I thought this is going to be hilarious and also a bit depressing for the future of football management that he was just going to revert to two up top again and let Villa piss through them. But he got a lifeline. Ronaldo was injured and they had, <laughs> they had that, that extra body in midfield and it, it sort of helped them for the first half an hour anyway. And then Villa, Villa managed to still drag them back into the carnage. But like, did it help them? I mean, everyone was going really overboard in that Man United performance in the first half. Yeah, they had a bit more energy, but that was a really bad team from United. We found that out fairly fucking quickly. I mean, it was like a team that Fergie would throw out. You know the fucking state of those teams that United had for a few years? Park and Fletcher and Giggs in centre midfield. Yeah. Nanny as their best player. Just absolutely nauseating stuff that won the title in 2011 and 2013 just through the sheer force of Alex Ferguson's uh, personality and a bit of the control he had over officials. Like, I know Rooney and Van Persie were in those teams, but, like, you know, this was... I saw that starting lineup from United, and I thought, fucking hell. You were texting me during the week saying, if we sign Basuma, do we now have a team that can compete with Arsenal and West Ham for a sustained period? We've got a fucking better team than Man United currently on paper. And Ralph Ranić can't be getting away with throwing out that team because Ralph Ranić isn't Alex Ferguson. <laughs> I was just thinking, if you're going to put out a team like that, you want to be Alex Ferguson. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, you have no business putting a team like that out, especially when you're manager of Man United, this current era of Man United. Let's go through the goals, though. Ah, the first one, like, let's get the... The Emmy Martinez What the Fuck Award out of the way. Because, like, this is not what I want to see. Like, I, I've flown out to Spain. This is a second night. I know nobody's going to give me any sympathy for being in Spain twice in one season, but this is a second time <laughs> I've been in Spain on the first day I'm here and I'm dragging my girlfriend to a pub to watch Aston Villa play. And then I'm, I'm saying to her, look, I need, I need a few hours this evening to do a podcast. <laughs> like, you know, there's, there's a Villa podcast to be done here. Um, and I don't want to see our keeper try to catch a bouncing ball into him, into his chest, and somehow it goes under his legs. What the hell happened there? Like you said, it's the most unlikely of sources. And I was trying to think, like we always talk about the two Lingard goals against West Ham last year. Yeah, like weak hands. Like there wasn't big flapping ankle man stuff and then I remember Newcastle United he came out and did, did he get sent off against them he came out and conceded a penalty anyway when he didn't have to um, that, that's the only really mistakes I can remember but this was as bad as they come yeah it was I mean it starts off I was saying like it was so frantic in the first 10 minutes and 
Sanson's caught on the wrong side, and you can't tackle now, Morgan. I mean, it's it's not a hugely difficult situation. You can get back into shape. Don't start nipping and lunging at people. Like, how many times have we said, when you've made a mistake, the worst thing you can do is compound it. The worst thing you can do is make another mistake by letting the first one get into your head. But more importantly, how many times have we said Martinez has the best hands out of any goalkeeper yeah. we've ever seen? Like it's absolutely dreadful stuff. I mean, he's like he's taken as much care of that football as Mourinho takes care of his players' mental health. And it was like it was like Orion Nyland stripping down and greasing up and trying to catch a bar of soap covered in butter wearing a pair of Teflon gloves. It was dreadful stuff, just stuff you would never expect. And to make it worse, it's a fucking pathetic shot from Fernandez. It's actually a good routine and it catches us out, but it's terribly executed. It was so disappointing and it was one of those ones like, yet again, we're playing against a big team and yet again, it looks like it's going to be a mistake that undoes us. And then, a second mistake. <laughs> <laughs> I like, we need to stop. Like Every single player at any level of football has to stop playing blind back passes and just hoping that, that, that there's nobody there looking to intercept it. Like, for fuck's sake, like, he's, he's stretching out to get the ball. He's, he's reaching and, it, and he's basically sliding to play it back to Mings. No idea what's happening back there. He's playing it without looking. It's a blind pass. And it's actually, it's well executed then from United. It's it's two on one for Mings. If I saw Mings getting a bit of stick for it, I thought that was a bit harsh. Like, the ball's just played to Fernandez, and it's a cracking shot off the crossbar. Like, amazing finish, but also unnecessary. And, like, Sanson's reaction afterwards showed how unnecessary it was. Hey, Sanson was rightly pissed off at himself. And, I, and Sanson actually put in his best performance, which, to be honest, wouldn't be difficult, given that that was the first time he's put in a decent performance in an Aston Villa shirt. But like, as well as the minor mistake in the lead-up to the first goal, it was all ruined by a moment of absolute madness, idiocy, and under absolutely no pressure. But that's that happened at 35, 40 yards from our goal. And... Mings doesn't help him out. I think you're wrong. Like he, Mings reacts far too late, and he doesn't react decisively enough. Go out and get that ball. It's Fred. It's Fred. <laughs> so bad they named him once. I mean, if you can't get to the ball, it's Fred. Run over the top of him. Take it off him. It's fucking Fred. But don't worry. We have our own one. We have Dougie. We have Dougie calling Mings to come out. And he's right. Mings should be coming out. But he's not coming out. Do you know who is coming? Bruno Fernandes over your fucking shoulder, Dougie. Leave the screaming at Mings to come out to me. That's all I can do. That's my role in this. You can do a lot fucking more. You can do your fucking job. Is there anything more annoying than a player standing telling another player to run? Well, apart from maybe a defensive midfielder that doesn't know how to defend, doesn't understand the sport he's playing. And this is like this is basic stuff as well. It's an emergency situation. Like red alert, the sirens are fucking blaring, the lights are flashing, get your earplugs out, your eye mask off, fucking wake up, get back, get the ball out for a throw and do something, then call Ming's account, then slap Sanson, but let's end the move first. Yeah, I think this is where I had the sympathy for Ming's because I saw the suggestion that he should have just, you know, upended Fred and in hindsight he probably should have, but in real time, it's happening so fast, he's one-on-one -on -one with Fred, so thinking there's no need to panic here. You know, I, 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 
and he can't, and maybe, maybe he should, like maybe he's got enough evidence to expect Douglas Louise and that baller tracking the run that's going through the middle. But, you know, if, if Ming stands up Fred and Douglas Louise follows Bruno Fernandes, that should be a corner at most for United, that move then. Like, I think he's done what he should really do, but maybe he should be taking these factors into account. And look, I need to look back at it again. Maybe he needs to come out to the ball quicker as well. Yeah, but like Dougie's, like, I, think, I actually think Dougie has made a bigger mistake than Mings because at least Mings is still defending. Dougie has stopped playing football and is just waving his hand towards Mings. Like, you know, <laughs> come here. Like, what are you doing? Go get the fucking ball. Per Morgan Stanson tweeted afterwards saying, congratulations to the team for the excellent reaction. Sorry for the second goal I cost, but especially big apologies for the bad reaction I had with the bottle that landed in the crowd. Of course, it wasn't voluntary. Obviously, it was just due to my immense frustration leaving the team 2-0 down i really want to apologize to everyone for that um yeah i'm sorry if you hear my mic popping obviously i did say i'm in spain so i'm not with the full equipment but um i'll try and make it pop a bit less as we go along and as we start talking about the crack that happened then towards the end of the game so 2-0 down philip coutinho comes on and then jacob ramsey gets going now it all starts with that man i'm talking about tyro mings with amazing feet (laughs) amazing power amazing intent just driving through and then he finds chucky chucky's got a great touch on him he feeds it to the main man himself coutinho he's got a cool head in a crowded area gives it to ramsey and what a fucking finish touch bang let's go villa park rocking yeah, it's it's brilliant football from a series of brilliant footballers. I mean, it's like the dance and feet of Mings that we've all come to know and love. <laughs> like I know I'm giving out about Dougie there, but can you imagine what I'd be saying if Lindelof skipped past him and Ramsey as they were, as if they weren't there thirty yards out? I mean, Christ Almighty, Fred and Maddox should never play football again. Tyrone Mings has just waltzed through the middle of your midfield. That is humiliating. The, the, the interchange between Philippe and Carney is great. We get a bit lucky and it falls to JJ, but this boy only scores great goals. Out of your feet, goal, no chance, decisive. JJ's just brilliant and his pass for the second goal is just perfect. Like It all starts with Buendia, like an unbelievable pass to open the whole thing up. It was nice and neat football from Villa initially. Comes to Buendia and then like party time because of what he sees in behind. Ramsey does so good, finds Coutinho. Like, you know, 14 minutes it took Coutinho to get an assist and a goal. 14 minutes it took Ramsey when Coutinho's on the pitch to get an assist and a goal. Minute for minute, these boys are the greatest ever partnership in the Premier League. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's, like, it's delicious from Bundia before that as well. His Paul to Ramsey. Ramsey's pass is just so, so amazing. It's absolutely perfect. Bit clumsy from Coutinho. <laughs> he, he, he does well to sort his feet out and not kill himself against the post. But the two passes before that are so perfect. The through ball, the inch-perfect cross, and the arriving late at the back post. What more could you want from your three attacking midfielders? It was an absolutely brilliant goal. Let's talk about Buendia a bit there, because I thought he was, I thought he was brilliant. and he, He's on the ball so much that there's so many options for you to say, what the fuck is he doing? And I think a lot of them are jarring because so many of his passes open the thing up. But then a lot of them, it's not even that they just didn't come off. It's like they're 20 metres undercooked. You know, it's, 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 it's weird that it, that it goes from this moment of spectacular magic to just like, ah, oh, 
But it's getting to that stage now. What we were saying at the start when we were complaining about his, you know, throwing his hands in there and turning around and being overly frustrated. It's getting that stage where he is having such an impact now, and he's starting to really make that position his own. Even when he went in the midfield as well, then like he's just, I he's a big important player around that middle now. I think he's looking up. You talked about him being the one of the only good players in the first thirty minutes, and I thought he was just such a threat, like threading those passes all day. Yeah, it's it's everything we were hoping and we've been doing was going to be energy, vision, creativity, a fucking volley, Cruyff turn pass. I mean, like it wasn't only his best performance, but it was probably any Aston Villa's player's best performance this season. He was he was brilliant. He did misplay a lot of passes, but he was misplaying passes trying to kill Man United. He drilled two completely out of play, which is bizarre stuff. And he did underhead a couple of them, but it was in the he was looking for killer passes and he played enough during the game. The thing that he does as well, he plays he plays the ball you're screaming to be played from the bird's eye yeah. view avoided, afforded by your armchair. I mean, like unfortunately, a lot of the time, the Aston Villa players in the pitch don't have that angle, so yeah. they weren't always making the right run, making the run that Buendia knows they should. Like He was skipping past players, skipping away from players, he was getting turned, he was just impacting and controlling the game. Like He played... He played that game with all the confidence of a man who has watched Man United play this season. Like he played <laughs> that game like he knows Fred, Matic, Tellez, Dallow. And that's what good players do. It takes you about five minutes of being on a pitch to know where the opposition weak points are in, in their system and in their personnel. And you don't need those five minutes when the opposition is on TV every week. And you don't need those five minutes when Fred, Matic, Tellez and Dallow <laughs> are on the team sheet. It's fucking screaming at you. It's like opening an exam and the answers are already written there for you. <laughs> He's come a long way. I think it was three games in where you proclaimed him the worst player to ever play for Aston Villa just after those three games. But now he's uh, he's improved a hell of a lot, I'd say. I, well, I stand over that comment I was talking about. In those three games, he couldn't have been playing any worse. <laughs> I don't want to wreck up old Grace because you, you can do that with me as well. So I think it's a bit mean that I did that. Um, well done, Emmy. That was brilliant. And uh, if we can get that alongside continue for the rest of the season, that is genuinely going to be exciting. Let's do some WhatsApp winges on that note. few bits of housekeeping first. Matt Cash, sorry, no week's wages for you this week. Um, cross one ball out of play for a goal kick. Can't be having that. Um, and I've got a new finding system to introduce here. So as well as fullbacks or anybody really crossing the ball out for a goal kick. We're going to have to start finding people. When an opposition player is heading into his own corner, trapped down the wing, and a Villa player barges in and fouls him. We have to start finding people a week's wages for that. Yeah, I and mean, there's a couple of things that... I mean, against Man United, that just happens every second minute, it seems. I was complaining about this on Monday as well. But referees also have to start getting questioned about this because there's so many times where it's just not a fault. If you go towards the back, if you touch somebody on the back on a football pitch, it's a free kick against you. And that is just the way the world has gone. It's unbelievably pathetic. And referee get caught on it week on week. So much so that whenever something happens where it's not a foul at all, I know it's not a foul, everybody watching is not a foul, and the ref doesn't blow his whistle, it's surprising. I mean, what sort of a state of affairs have we got ourselves into where we're all like, oh, 
because somebody has just fallen over and a ref hasn't blown a whistle. That shows you how pathetic and endemic it is in the game. This is how I fell for Stuart Atwell once upon a time. <laughs> um, so, like, I, I like this. You've jumped to the defense of Tyrone Mings's salary. <laughs> like, so you, <laughs> you want to protect him from from being fined a week's wages for his bar John Dalu down United's right right wing. Well, like, as what you have to remember as well, Mings has found himself a hundred yards out of position yet again, and uh, <laughs> it's probably for the best that he's ended the move there. Yeah. All right. What's up, Winges? First one. Does Bruno Fernandez want to be a top player, <laughs> or, or does he want to waste his time just winning frees in his own half, just to waste time? Like <laughs> it's just a whole waste of time. What's he doing? He's class. Just be class. Just keep improving on that. What like one of the most pathetic things I've ever seen was Fernandez diving in his own box. I mean, Christ Almighty, that was just utterly pathetic. He obviously just can't help himself. He sees that forty-four meter by eighteen meter white lines, and he just falls over whenever he's in there. It's fucking unbelievable. And Watkins picks him up, and Fernandez acts like he's been electrocuted. Like I know it's all the Watkins, but come on, mate. Like that—that's unbelievable. And one of the many annoying things about him the most annoying of the many things that are annoying about him is his whinging whenever all their players are on the ground yeah i mean for somebody who just rolls around begging for free kicks for probably 60 minutes out of the 90 yeah it's unbelievable how much he gets his back up about somebody who is more often than not being fucking foiled lying on the ground it's unbelievably irritating you, you see him complaining afterwards as well to the fourth official. You guys were 2-0 up. You were trying to waste time. You were the one who was wasting most of the time by rolling around the ground. Like There was a stage where I thought, honestly, he's probably, like uh, when the camera's been on him, he's, he's been on the ground more than half the time that I've seen when the camera's been showing him. It's like, And, and that's that's ridiculous. Like, and like it's, it's all more sad because we know he's a good player. And instead of just focusing on that instead of just building upon that he's he's regressing and he's he's basically becoming a troll a real life troll on the football but he's trying to get these little wins that don't actually mean anything they don't matter he might he might dupe the referee he might win a free kick you still can see the two goals and then you ran out of time because you were the one wasting time the whole time <laughs> it's a ridiculous carry on yeah and like it's not overblow how good a player he is either i mean he took a second goal brilliantly and yeah and then he also mishit a shot cross in the first half that martinez just let in i mean they were so desperate to pump him up on sky sport it was unbelievable i mean he scored he scored two goals so that was all the evidence they needed and roy Keane was asked what he liked about his performance and Keane seemed surprised by the question even though he had been saying himself that fernandez had put in a really good performance like, he couldn't think of anything to say and he's just like, well, everything about it. I think, and he stopped speaking for a couple of seconds, and then said, "Whenever you come away from a game with two goals, I think you can be happy with your output." And then Sky started showing highlights. The first highlight they showed was him hitting the ball out for a fucking goal kick by the corner flag. He just completely overhit a shit pass to to Greenwood. That Dinya went up and nearly won, then let it go because it was going out for a fucking goal kick. They showed one good thing. It was a first-time pass over the top to Greenwood. That was it. They showed him diving twice and getting fouled once. <laughs> I, I didn't have Sky out in Spain. Like I'm watching. Fucking lucky you. 
and listening to Andy Townsend, who was terrible, of course. But <laughs> but he he came alive when Villa Park came alive. Two nil, two nil down. Came to two two. That second goal hit the net. It was Coutinho as well. So all the the added excitement with that. And Andy Townsend, I can't believe he just nailed it. He said, "Welcome to Villa Park." As the place was erupted, and I got goosebumps. I was like, "Yes, Andy, oh captain, my captain." Um, yeah, Fernandez a twat though. Like, I just don't like a waste of talent. And maybe I'm overblowing his talent, but um, he, like he's better than just trying to win frees twenty yards from his own goals. Like, what, what a waste of time. Next one, you're not going to like this. Is Trevor Sinclair serious on talk sport? <laughs> That's a joke, isn't it? No. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. Lucas Dina, if you're going to play him at fullback, that's a no-no. Right. And you're probably asking, like, what was his solution? He didn't have one. <laughs> Just... Conan, this won't surprise you. I wasn't going to ask that. <laughs> I was going to decide either that he definitely doesn't have one or just try to get out of this conversation <laughs> as quickly as possible. <laughs> Let's keep an eye on Trevor Sinclair and talk sport. <laughs> um, <laughs> next, WhatsApp wins. That's the second free kick in three games Douglas Louise has failed to reach the box with. <laughs> talking about finding people weeks wages actually there we go there's another one for Douglas he's like fuck sick you know the one I'm talking about 40 yards out and you can't you can't get it into the like, I, I get sometimes you're trying to get a bit of whip and sometimes you hit the first man when you're out in the wing this is just get the ball in there like there's 10 players up we've all lined up into the box and you can't reach it don't hit it if you can't reach it put your hand up yeah, like you, sometimes you might it might happen if you're hitting the free kick. I mean, if uh, the appointed set piece taker for Aston Villa, a top ten club in the biggest league in the world, <laughs> is hitting the first man twice in three games, fuck off. <laughs> Last one. Is that Juan Mata? Jesus Christ, where was he? Was he on the bench? Yeah, just a shot was going across the the bench. Harry Maguire had a good laugh to himself. Uh, Phil Jones, like, ah, fair play, Phil. Like, you know, it's still going. Um, yeah, it was just going through them all. And then suddenly at the very end, one match. That's <laughs> like, fucking hell. You know, Sancho, fuck, uh, Van de Beek, poor fucker. And then just Mata sitting at the end. And I had to go in and check. Because this, this shows you where Mata's career has gone to. I was like... Is he on the bench or is he just there with the boys? Like, do they travel down with him? <laughs> <laughs> so even though he's sitting there with all the subs, I went in to check if he was part of the squad. And I can confirm he was. He sure hasn't replaced Michael Carrick. <laughs> this, doesn't, this doesn't seem right. <laughs> That's actually a nice time to introduce the Ashley Westwood. Oh, he was playing award. Um, I've only got one nomination, but we've talked about him a lot already, so maybe not. Douglas Louise. Douglas Louise was very definitely on my fucking radar. There's no, there's no way that he wasn't playing tonight. On the ball for Villa, he wasn't there. The yeah. first half, we tried to play, like I was saying, this bizarrely risky system where Douglas Louise was dropping in next to the two lads and we, everyone else was 60 yards ahead of the ball. And the risk reward just wasn't there because we, were getting, we weren't getting anywhere. We weren't able to pick out the players. 
and Douglas Louise being back there then made it even more pointless because we just didn't have anybody in the centre of the pitch to take the ball. And yeah, maybe maybe from an offensive point of view, he was completely absent. I just feel like everybody else was bringing something to the party. Like, you know, they had all brought your own beer or, you know, some people brought a loaf of bread or, you know, something that could be used at the party, like on the <laughs> ball. I don't think, I don't think Douglas Louise was, you know, was bringing anything for the host. He was just coming in to enjoy the party and have a look around. Yeah. And, and point to people to do his runs for him. <laughs> exactly. He was just directing traffic at the entrance saying, come on, Mings, you come this way. Waste the fucking time. <laughs> All right, we'll get into the rest of the awards after this. Hi guys, Jack Greenish here. Uh, delighted to say that I've signed a new deal. Which he accepted with one proviso. Okay, Money Rossenthal Award. I think I already have one nomination for United. It really shows how that game went. There, there's two, probably. I'll get them out of the way now. Alanga was at the back post, got the header. Cash was caught out. Um, Martinez probably would have saved it anyway. Like He was covering his near post. Alanga hit it wide. And Donny van de Beek at the end. Lovely block from House just to thwart that danger. But apart from that, I don't remember. Greenwood, that wasn't really a big miss. He could run and... A very good attempt at a shot he probably would do very, very well, even with his ability to score. Yeah, there was a couple, like, sorry, Greenwood had a f- couple of snapshots where, like, oh, Jesus, the Alanga one's not a chance. It's fucking Alanga at the back post, and Cash does enough just to back into him. He's not going to score from there. He's about two yards from the byline. Emmy Martinez has made a clown of himself, but he was making up for that. I wouldn't count that as a big chance. There was another one where Greenwood it came straight after the. Straight after the goal, and it's like so so soon after Martinez's howler, but like I don't think anyone would have expected an isolated mistake like that to have have an impact on Martinez. And the ball drops to Greenwood at the back post, and Martinez is out at him so quick yeah. that he actually has to slow down before he gets there, and he just lets Greenwood smash it off his chest because Greenwood can't hit the ball anywhere else. And it was a brilliant save from Martinez, and reassured us all that it was going to be okay. <laughs> The Villa ones, a few here, in fairness. Um, I meant to mention this in weeks gone by. Emmy Buendia is very good in the air for somebody his size. Now, yes! <laughs> now, this time it was easier because no United player decided to follow him. It's a lovely corner from Luca Dina. Well, how will we pronounce this going forward? Luca Dina? Dina, or Dina, Dina? yeah. Dina, we'll say, because that's how it's pronounced. Yeah. <laughs> Rasper of a corner, like vicious coming in. Uh, Buendia is got his head on it look it would be a peach of a header considering where he was and where De Gea was if he had a scored um he's got it on target De Gea's batted away yeah he's, he's outside the post so to get it on target is good and it's, it's De Gea's footwork's good so he gets across and saves it I mean but you're right the guy I have noticed we've been trying to isolate De Gea more and more in the last few games which on paper, is the oddest strategy of all time. Let's swing this into the smallest, weakest player in the squad. I mean, he must be absolutely insanely good at heading the ball. Either that, or they're counting on the opposition to leave him free. So maybe we should stop talking about it and let it continue to be a surprise. Uh, look at Dina. Had a chance to cash cross, got over a hit, but it went the whole way through, and he hits it. I don't know if you call it a half volley, but it's bouncing up, and he do you know what? 
he hits it with the instep, hits it with the inside of his foot, and he gets so much power on it. It's a good lesson for people who tried to just absolutely hammer a ball. You see Minamino for Liverpool against Arsenal, open net basically, and he's he's just tried to like Aaron Ramsdale makes a cock up, and he's tried to absolutely slam it with the outside of his boot as it's bouncing up. He, all he had to do is hit it the inside of his foot, and uh, would have got enough power. This generated a lot of power again to his position and is good. Yes, it's a delicious cross from Cash, and there is a nudge on Ings's back at the front post, but there's no need to look at it. It's in United's box, and then Dinya control. He does control it really well, but he probably controls it far too much for it to be of any interest. I mean, he's so intent on getting it on target that he doesn't. He doesn't even have a look at the hair and hits off the hair and goes away. Uh, you mentioned the Greenwood one um, because I remember he had a right footed shot at the edge of the box. Now did. Just went wide. Ramsey had a similar one. Um, a lovely play again. This one starts with Dina and Watkins, like nice interplay out the, uh, on the left hand side, and it comes to Ramsey, and it's a one-two of Buendia. Like, and this has happened now often in the last few weeks. Like Buendia is setting up a lot of these big chances, and Ramsey gets the chance, and he's tried to pull it to the left, probably. Probably hasn't gotten through it enough or pulled it enough, um, and De Gea saves it. I think was out for a corner. Yeah, so like you're right. It was a lovely bit of play from from Watkins and Ramsey, and then Ramsey and Bundy, and it's a, a decent effort and it's a decent save from De Gea. But it was it was foreboding. I mean, how easily we just cut through with two passes. We were one nil down, and I thought we were going to win this game at that stage. Like we'd started playing, and the fact that United have gone from just being an underperforming team to just having a shit team in every sense, yeah. including on paper. I thought, so long as we have no more cock-ups, we'll this. but that didn't really work out too much. And like like I said at the start, like we were just dominating and we were dominating in United's half without any real reward in terms of chances or even shots up until up until the few we just rattled through there. But it was just a butchering session in the second half and we were we were staring four defeats in a row in the face there and then yeah. And those boys were, they were 15 minutes from it, 15 minutes from four defeats in a row. So it's not just coming from two down, it's coming from two down with that weight on your shoulders, staring into that vista. It should be really demoralising. I mean, the the last manager lost his job after losing five games in a row. It's a really rare event. And we were very close to it. So to come back, not just from 2-0 down, but from, from that situation was incredible from the lads. Yeah. And to do it with all that momentum as well, you're right. Like it's not, not wasn't mistakes, it wasn't freak occurrence, it was just a product of continuing to pile the pressure on and uh look at Dina hit the side netting one stage because Buendia played him through. Um like that was one of those passes where you're right, when you have that bird's eye view, it's like there it is, play it, and he plays it. Uh Dina takes a shot on, pulls it or slices it wide. Buendia got a shot himself. Courtney Howes comes to the party with a lovely 40-yard ping with his left foot. <laughs> Up to Dina, who roasts Dalo. It's good to see these boys coming to the fore already. Um, takes it inside Dalo. He tees up Buendia, dates the box. Left-footed shots, tame enough. Yeah, it was absolutely brilliant from Dina. Just treating Dalo how you should be treated with absolutely no respect. Just go around <laughs> them, pick out your man. The one before that, his own shot, terrible first touch, terrible second touch, terrible shot. <laughs> um, and then probably two more, uh, two assists from Cash. Then as well. See, this is what we were saying. If we can get Coutinho and Buendia and whoever else, like you know, they're 
they're dropping in around that number 10 position and they're allowing these boys to bomb forward and, and Cash and Dina were so prevalent in attack and Cash pulls one back for rings that's very messy in there he doesn't get a contact on it um, as it says one like the Watkins pushes Cash in behind it was a really nice mm-hmm. nice build up play Buendia sets up Watkins for that um, and then Cash had a cross to Watkins Watkins could have done better sort of glances off his head and goes wide get up and get your head on that yeah, like Cash has intentionally drilled it because it was the only way he could get it to Watkins. Watkins should probably know that that has to come in at that pace, but Jesus Christ, he doesn't even have to jump. He's standing. It's, it's just drilled at his forehead. So you're right, stick your forehead on it, and he just doesn't do it. It's terrible. It's terrible, but we'll go to the Peter Rankin and What the Fuck Award because I am here to tell you that I do not think that Emmy Martin is should be the winner this week, and I actually don't think he should even be in the top two. <laughs> Go on. So we've got the Martinez nomination. We all know what it was. Well, but you say it out loud, it sounds stupid. He tries to catch it and he fumbles it underneath his legs into the net. <laughs> <laughs> there's one. There's one other nomination. It's Tyrone Mings. He's coming forward and um, he just decides to poke it out of play. Just, just pokes it. <laughs> It just pokes it out for a for a throw, and like he is trying to find touch. I'm just like, I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> said this last week. He was happy with the territory they were in the United half. Uh, Dina had pushed right up, and Mings just toe pokes it out. Like it, it, I don't know what he was thinking. Man. I assume he he thought his left back was there. He wasn't. He was nowhere near there. I'm telling you once again, he's just decided I am unbelievably 70 yards out of position. Yet, how does this keep happening to me? And he just thought I'm getting the hell out of here. That can't be the... No, sorry, yeah. I was about to say that there's not, not the only other nomination. So sure, surely surely the, the last one is that... The guy, I, and, I, and I can't imagine that this is, was the third worst thing an Aston Villa player did today. It was Maddie Cash just Maddie playing Cash. the ball yeah. across so. the box. Baffling. Like... We, because that that's what he's trying to do. Like he has a look, he looks up, he sees Alanga and picks him out with a lovely laugh <laughs> pass. Invites him to come charging. <laughs> Straight out of the Bertrand Trory school of edge of the box debacles. It was insane stuff. What, what, what was that worse than Martinez? No, it's nowhere. It's hardly worse than fucking Martinez. Martinez dropped the ball underneath his legs. Sanson played in Fred. It resulted in a goal. Matty Cash was the third worst thing we did, and that is just that just shows you not just how bad. Sorry, it shows you how bad Man United are. That that's what they were relying on. Villa being having absolute cockups. Yeah, the fourth worst thing we did because I think Mainz's was the fifth. In fairness, in the fourth was. Danny Ings is dummy for Douglas Louise at days of the box. No. You have a look around. You can't just you can't just leave the ball without knowing what's happening. You have, like, if you're going to dummy, you have to have somebody to dummy. Instead, he's just left the ball, and the player I assume who he thought was dummying was there running towards the ball. <laughs> that was uh, yeah, that was Bruno Fernandez just picking it up, wasn't it, and just galloping out of the back yeah. before he got milled by uh, Douglas Louise. That was one of his highlights that Sky Sports decided to show. By the way, <laughs> I I'll tell you what though, like the reason I say Martin is isn't making the top two. I I think the Sanson thing is worse because hear me out. <laughs> you know, maybe it's a what the fuck moment, right? But but, but the Martinez thing is just a mistake. He's just dropped the ball, like he's literally dropped the ball, but he. It, it, it's just a mistake of handling. The Sanson thing is a decision. Like he, and, he's, mm. and he's consciously tried to play a ball back when he's reaching for it, like I said before. 
and he's not in position to actually connect with it properly and he doesn't know what's happening he's tried to play it back and hoped beyond all hope that someone, somebody else will cover for, for him and, and it led to the second goal we had so much momentum and I thought the game was done then we didn't even have to continue on the pitch and I thought Sanson has fucked it all over like Martinez drops the ball it's terrible never want to see it again because it was so bad but um, this was a this, this was a decision from somebody that, that he made and I thought it was worse. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's not a bad it's not a bad uh, argument you put forward there. I mean, this is named after a goalkeeper lifting his foot over a ball that's rolling back to him and the ball rolling into the net. So it's hard to look past a goalkeeper letting the ball run underneath his crotch. You're, you're always throwing this in my face. Um, well, you say that the winner is clear. The winner is so clear that like the Martinez thing doesn't even register. The Sanson thing, forget about it. 93 minutes in this classic second half. It's 2-2. There's been three goals in the second half. Everybody is glued to it. Like, you know, God knows what's going to happen next. The goal could come from anywhere. I mentioned the chaos on the pitch. The stadium, the stadium was going absolutely nuts. It was electric, compelling viewing. Sky Sports cut to a brick. <laughs> What the fuck? There is your Peter Enkelman. What the fuck winner for this week? No, no competition. Head and shoulders above the rest. Absolutely incredible. Incredible decision from Sky Sport. Desperate to pump us for our last bit of advertising money. The only thing I was thinking about it, like I was obviously fucking livid and texting everybody I knew to figure out if the game was it working on their fucking stream. But the only thing I was thinking and afterwards when it cut back and Bundia was still on the ground was fine. Fuck. That that actually caught out because we would have had to listen to those two absolute numpties who were on commentary <laughs> because nothing was happening on the pitch. I think they were just desperately trying to shoehorn in one last bet three six five ad. <laughs> what ninety seconds remaining in the game? Get the next goal scorer odds right. <laughs> you like Glenn Whelan take a ninetieth minute penalty award? I don't even want to talk about it. Again, but the things in Watkins thing, like it's it's not working. In, in, like Watkins is a striker. Like Watkins is our striker, playing up top. And I think the only reason I, I wanted to touch on it is the question. I get Coutinho isn't ninety minutes match fit yet, and I get that it is. It's better having him coming in and making an impact rather than taking him off early. But I, I don't think playing Watkins number ten and playing Ings up top is the next best option. Uh, would you not rather no. play Chuck Wemmicka number ten? Um, would you not rather play Ramsey number 10? Like, I, I wouldn't want to do that, but I think Chuck Wemmicka playing 10 and Watkins playing up top is a better option than Watkins playing 10 and Ings playing up top. It's just uproots the team. If, if, of course it does, of course it does. I mean, like, Ings and Watkins sounds better than even Young and Watkins, but it's not. Yeah. Because Watkins is a better centre forward than Danny Ings and Young is a better second forward than Ollie Watkins is, yeah, Chuck exactly. Wemmick is, and unfit Coutinho is. Like it, it doesn't work. It's pointless. It's not worth it. And it's not even just that Ings can't play with Watkins. He can't play with anyone. I mean, he's irrelevant to the game the last couple of weeks. He's anonymous. He's a I mean, the, he's, he's a waste of time. The flashing lights of the advertising hoardings caused the United backline more problems tonight. I mean, they definitely had better movement anyway. I mean, I know we all cheered and celebrated and gave target player of the year, but but come on, like that was that was a pity vote. I mean, he did well towards the end of the year. Watkins, Grealish, and Martinez were the stars. We can't be shunting Watkins around. 
he should be our best player. And like I hear people saying, Ings just needs one chance. Well, we know that's fucking bollocks because he misses chances round the fucking clock. <laughs> but he's also responsible for getting just that one chance when we have the ball as often as we do. Mm. So if he needs just one chance, go and fucking get it. Yeah. I mean, Buendia wants to put you through, Danny. So get through. Yeah, like uh, that's that's summed it up. Like I don't think there's anything else we can add without repeating ourselves on it. Um, and the only other nomination I have for the ULEC Land Whedon take a 90th minute penalty award is I have no idea with the state of his physical being right now. But 67 minutes before bringing on Coutinho, <laughs> like I was really angry because you know Gerard can't predict that Sanson's going to do that. But we had all the momentum. The crowd were baying for it. Like it, it was coming, like I just thought Coutinho needed to be dropped in there, a seamless change. You bring off things, put Watkins up, like again, you're going to get that that bonus of having Watkins in a better position and you'll have a better number 10. I, sh- I thought it should have happened after an hour when it was the peak of Villa's momentum. Um, less than an hour, seven minutes, bang, it's 2-0. And I was livid, thinking it's too late, well done, you fucked it up. Now it's just like, let's get a look at the new boy while United are camped in their own. <laughs> But again, like the momentum was still all Villas. Even like uh, even after that goal, it was still it was still fine. There was still plenty of times, plenty of time. And I was actually raging that he brought off Sanson at that stage. And he said afterwards it was because he didn't want um he didn't want the crowd to be annoyed that he looked, took off what seemed like a defensive or made what seemed like a defensive sub. Like no one. We know Watkins and Ings are centre forwards. We're not both playing centre forwards, Stephen. We're not fucking morons. And we know Ings is doing fuck all. Nobody is going to care if you take off Danny Ings. Don't worry about it. Get him off. He's having an absolute stinker. And the other thing is that Sanson is playing fine as well. I mean, apart from an absolute howler, like I said, he had he had bravery and pace on the ball and he was covering ground and getting stuck in as well. Yeah. I mean, the only thing that was missing was a maybe a bit more imagination in the final third. I mean, the best ball he played was to Fred, but other than that, he was actually having a good game. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. I, and well, let's let's go on to the Tim Sherwood. We played two number tens and bamboozled them award because this could have gone either way. But the diamond shape at two 0 I think it is a nomination because initially I was angry because yeah, we're talking about Watkins and Ings. Get Ings off is what I was thinking. And then I was also looking at Buendia going into midfield, like, you know, just to the left of that diamond, thinking, Jesus Christ, like, is this going to just, the wheels are going to come apart here now, there's no shape here at all, and it worked, because Villa were just dominating, and Ramsey and Buendia just picked up from where they left off, and Coutinho fitted into it properly, and there's probably a, an add-on to this nomination too, it's, even though the diamond was working, he still then took off things and brought up <laughs> yeah, And like, you know, that's that, that's almost a weird sub because it's like, well, hang on then. Do we are we playing a? I suppose it's going really back to a four-three-two-one in fairness, but it's just got Buendia as part of the three, which is really attacking. Um, but he did that and it, it worked. Yeah, yeah, like the diamonds definitely not a nomination. We didn't score until we changed a little bit. <laughs> it wasn't working. Danny Ings yet again did nothing whenever he was, was given the reprieve of staying on the pitch and. But the, the, we were much better whenever we went back into a decent shape, a shape that made sense. And man, you know that were there for the taking. They were there for the taking at nil all, one nil, two nil. We didn't have to have. I didn't have to be worried about about you know trying to be more attacking or anything. All we had to do was play better. All we had to do was play with a bit more courage on the ball, keep making the good runs. Because man, you know that 
are shit. <laughs> um, only other nomination is just for the character. So many games we talked about under the Dean Smith era as well, like when it was going badly, like Villa wilt, they crumble when they go behind, especially when it's 2 0. And they came back in this game. They came back and got it to 2-2 pretty quickly and tried to go on and win it. And all the players now are talking about... Yeah, like Part of um, Luca Dina's tweet when he was talking about thanks for the debut reception and blah, blah, blah. He was saying, like, not the result we wanted. Mm. <laughs> it's just like, you know, that's that is summing up where we're trying to get this team to and he's implementing that quickly enough. Yeah, absolutely, and like, yeah, the character to come back is great. And like I said, they were looking at four defeats in a row. That would have been terrible. But getting one, getting a draw in two games against Man United isn't enough. Not this current Man United, not this iteration of Man United. We should have won both those games, and the fact that we got a draw and that was it isn't ideal either. I mean, there's a lot of problems to be fixed, and, and Gerard knows that. The first half was terrible today, and it was terrible last or on Monday as well. Yeah. The Vimin meter, all going up today, so continue warming up. <laughs> That's just a great sight to see. You know, when you're having such a bad first half and you look down, you see him stretching on the side, like, fuck, there he is. Like, continue there to bring off the bench whenever we need it. I'm a big fan of that. Also, I don't want to see it too much this season, but it's nice to, to have it in the back pocket. It is, yeah, especially when the, 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 uh, there was an obvious change that needed to be made as well. It was good to know that we had another option there. Going up, Emmy Martinez jumping into the crowd when we got the equaliser. Did you see that? <laughs> <laughs> it could have been a what-the-fuck moment itself, but um, pure passion, pure relief. I like, I love the idea of having Emmy Martinez, one of her best players, feeling like he owes us something now. <laughs> It's great. <laughs> and you can see at the end of the game, he was walking towards Jared, and you can see him mouthing, "Sorry, Gaffer." Like you know, it's it's ninety minutes ago now. You know, Emmy, it's grand. We we got a draw. It's not too bad a result. Bit worried that he was so lazy he couldn't jog the hundred yards to celebrate with his teammates, so he just turned around and jumped <laughs> into the crowd. That was absolutely amazing. It's so heartening. And like I said, the save from Greenwood immediately after making the cock up. There's there's no worries about Emmy Martinez. He's a fucking great man to have in your team. Yeah, going up, more and more disrespect to Man United. Um, four minutes were flashed up on the board, and the crowd went nuts. Like you know, as if like, as if you're playing Burnley and you're just beating down the door, and you can't get the goal. It's like we've got four more minutes. Keep going, like you know, we'll get it. And yeah, there's just no thought in anybody's head that they might score. That, they, that there's no thought that they're united. Like that name is gone as it stands at the minute. It's if anything. It's just disappointing. You've just said it. Like it's it's not good enough to draw with them once in two games. It's it's not. Like it's 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 a bad outcome if that's if that's the case. The the big positive today is that you've got you find yourself two 0 down by two mistakes. But but they're not good. Like that's the thing. United aren't good, and that's the really galling thing about not beating them. And I think the crowd recognise that as well. Yeah, like two howlers. You're going to be doing very well to win any game where you've had two absolute cock-ups that has gifted a team a goal. But like, yeah, it's, it's unbelievably frustrating to to only get a one draw against them. It's that's just where they are. They're they're not good anymore. They're not they're not in good form. Their players today weren't good. Even even the subs they came like Jaden Sancho and Donny Van Der Beek. What the fuck was that about? What game was that going to change? <laughs> I think he threw Lingard in there as well, didn't he? 
Christ almighty. I don't think he touched the ball. Like, I don't think he, he got on the ball when he came on. I didn't even remember he brought him on. So there you go. Last one, going up. Courtney House, that, that man is back. That, that old trustworthy guy that you can always call upon that just never lets you down. Like There he was again, and there he was for that block on Van Der Beek. It could have been the most deflating thing of all time to get back on level terms. They'd be punishing them. It's disappointing we didn't go on and win it, but imagine Danny Van Der Beek gets turned in the box and he could score, and House is just there to block it. And I thought he did well when he came on. He was playing on the right side of the fence, which he normally mm-hmm. doesn't. He, he pinged that pass that I was talking about to let him one of the chances. Tried another one later. I was like, okay, Courtney, you know, <laughs> rein it in. But um, nah, it's just good to. He's just a great man to know that he's there in reserve, isn't it? Ah, yeah, absolutely brilliant. He's one of the best backups you could you could hope for. There was one, the ball was dropping out of the sky as well, and he tells Mings to leave it, and he jumps up, and then to, so he can meet the ball and just fall back down, just have that little cushion touch. Mm. It was unbelievable stuff in Courtney's. <laughs> um, and to, you're right, to come on and play on the wrong side and to play so well was, was brilliant. The only other person I would have going up specifically named would be Jacob Ramsey. I mean, the first 30 minutes was without a doubt his worst performance of his career and that has come in hot on the heels of me saying on Monday that the first 30 minutes was without a doubt the worst performance of his career and to turn it around so much again today it's it's slightly worrying that he keeps starting games so badly but to turn it around the way that today was unbelievable I mean he just dominated that second time that second half it was it was incredible. There was a moment where he skipped past two or three players and then Lindelof just body-checked them. But we know every time a Man United player runs into Jacob Ramsey, it's a free kick to Man United. <laughs> that, like, that, 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 that was crazy. Like That was 1-0 down and um, he's he's worked on his left foot. He's completely done Lindelof. He's going to have a shot. Like it, It's a yellow card. It's a, it should be a free kick 20 yards out. But the referee thinks that Jacob Ramsey would rather have a free kick for somebody else to shoot rather than himself go on into the box and have a shot. Like, and he yeah. proves that minutes later, like, or however long a time it was later, with a striker's finish, like, a, just a lethal finish in the box. Like, this is good as well, though. Like, this pattern, well, it's not, it's not ideal that he's not playing well for the first 30 minutes, but it is good <laughs> off the back of what we were talking about earlier or a few weeks or months ago now, where I was saying, ah, he's gassing out after 60 minutes, isn't he? He's just yeah. flipping it now. He's playing really well for 60 minutes, and he's lasting the full game. Just going to put that piece together, and it'll be a 90-minute star sooner rather than later. Yeah, and I think about the three goals he scored this season. The one he scored today, the one where he ran from 70 yards out, <laughs> and the one he just whips into the top corner, get out of my way, Bundy, I'm putting this in the top corner. And then the fourth goal he scored as well, where he just kicks through Peter Schmeichel's son's hand, which is always an added bonus. <laughs> yeah, he's got that attitude. Like, we, we talk about that now as well. He's a, he's a big boy. Like, you know, he's, um, he's playing big boy football, and uh, yeah, he's just got a bit about him. He's, yeah, good, good show to put him up. Questions we can't answer, but probably will. Why don't every other club in football just do what Man City do and make a profit? <laughs> couple of tweets during the week. Manchester City welcomes Emirates Palace as official luxury hotel partner. Man City have announced a new global partnership with Mazdar, which will see the renewable energy and sustainable development company become an official partner of the club. Where are Mazdar, basically? 
I'd have to guess Abu Dhabi somewhere. You have to, you have to guess, wouldn't you? It's um, forget about financial fair play. Like this is this is the way around it. Why doesn't everybody just do it? Why don't Aston Villa come out and announce that they are delighted to welcome Wes Eden's Limited as an official, <laughs> <laughs> an official bank account partner? <laughs> this is your way of staying afloat. Just sponsor yourself. Yeah, like it is interesting how. Shock and disgust has been replaced by fatalism and apathy and just, you know, joke making. And this is what conditioning does. This is what happens when when people get away with things. Everyone eventually announces that that's the way the world works. We know that's the way the world works. That's why we're talking about it, because it's happening. The existence of something doesn't justify it. Just ask, is it right? Is it fair? Is it even enjoyable anymore? Like, Is it a good thing that we're heading down the road where being owned by a bored billionaire isn't even enough for a club to compete at the top end anymore? Like, when, when Man City got away with signing a sponsorship deal eight years after they were promoted that was worth six or seven times more than Arsenal's, then it was done. Like When they got away with that, that was the end of financial fair play. And I'm not a particularly big fan of financial fair play. Like it might... It might stop some teams going bust, but let's not kid ourselves. It also creates an oligopoly at the top and stops insurgents. You know, it'll eventually stop Aston Villa from being able to get too far, yeah. and that's not a good thing. Like there, there's always been a concentration of power in elite clubs that Man City, Chelsea, and PSG have bought their way into now. But there was also a bit of hope. I've spoke about this before. You know, a good youth team and a and a great manager in two or three years' time, you could compete. We're moving more and more towards an area where you now have to be owned by an oligarch who is intertwined with one of the most corrupt regimes in the world or by a country. And like typically a country with a horrendous human rights abuse record. And that is shite for the sport, for its competitiveness and for its excitement and also for its image. And like maybe, maybe a wage cap's the answer. You'd be worried about needless profit skimming, but there are things you can do to control that. And it's happening anyway. It's happening at Liverpool and it's happening at Man United or it's being pumped into sports washing at City and at least with a wage cap not only would you would you create an environment where different teams could win and it would change hands more often you'd have an environment where managers and performance actually managers you actually matters yeah. but you'd also you'd also have Martial, Mata, Lingard, Van de Beek and Sancho all still being professional footballers they wouldn't be able to be collected by Man United for no fucking reason. And the weirdest thing was is how the media have just bought into us. I know, I know Sky Sport need Man City to be good. I know the journalists need them to be good to sell papers. It helps them if there's an exciting team that has loads of brilliant players. But that position we found ourselves in last week with Man City being lauded for getting on with an FA Cup game against Swindon because they had seven players out. And they then field a team of five hundred million worth of transfer fees. And not only that, Man City fans were then littering Twitter accounts with comments around, "Well, we only have seventeen outfield players, which is less than everybody else." Yeah, like nobody else, maybe Chelsea, maybe Chelsea has seventeen players that would cost a minimum of fifty million quid. Yeah, and let's be fucking clear here about why it's seventeen players and not twenty. They left out Cole Palmer from their list. A man who, by the end of this season, will be 20 years old and an eighth of the way through his professional career. Like, 20 is not that young, lads. Like, and this is a man who's, 
He's only seven months younger than Mason Greenwood, who has played for four years. He was on their fucking list. Is a year older than Harvey Elliott. (laughs) He was on the fucking list that they were saying on the other side. And there are two other players that are missing. One, because he's been arrested on seven counts of rape. And one who has left this month because he thinks Manchester is a shithole. If I was a Manchester City fan, I wouldn't be drawing attention to either of those. Yeah, yeah, and uh, like this is it. The um, Man City fans either aren't interested or they forget now because they're so conditioned in any player that isn't worth fifty million. So they're they're actually <laughs> like they're actually only counting, or they can only see the ones that are worth fifty million. Like that's that's the ones that count in Pep Guardiola's head. So therefore, that's the ones that count in their heads. Insane, like it's absolutely baffling. And like you know, they've got twenty million pounds that they've spent on teenagers and stuff as well. You know, the the the, the, the Man City squad is more than the seventeen yeah. players that they want to pretend that it is. You talk about a wage cap there, like you know, if America of all countries can do this with sport <laughs> in their country, it's crazy. Like you know, that we can't do it here in in football or in the Premier League. Like the, and it's actually interesting you said about the management piece that comes into it and, and all these other class players you actually get to play the sport that they've grown up supposedly playing um but in america then there's a whole good dynamic especially in the nba where it's five players and you can have that in football as well where it's only 11 like it's not that much more and it's it's it's, it's a dynamic then of like you know who's going to be the center of the team and who you're going to spend most of your money on and it's that's where sporting directors or general manager equivalent in, in the NBA, like that's where it comes into play then and it's actually a good part of the sport that they have there. It works really well and it's fair. It's fair for those thirty two teams to play. Yeah, but like look look about it. Look how it's just worked there. They've got it in La Liga. Man City wanted Ferran Tor Fer, Ferran Torres. Or sorry, Barcelona wanted Ferran Torres. So then we get Philip Coutinho. That should be happening. Yeah. Man United want Jaden Sancho. Then Martial now plays for Everton. Yeah. Like that's the way it should be working. Yeah. Speaking of Everton, shout out to Adam Ida on his goal for Norwich today. Although I don't know if it counts against Rafa Benitez as Everton. Hopefully, hopefully <laughs> they keep that form going into uh, next week when when they come to town for Aston Villa or Aston Villa go to town for Everton. Um, but as we all know, Def Taxes and Dean Smith beating an Everton team. <laughs> not, it not is incredible. It is absolutely incredible that the last two performances that Dean Smith got from the Aston Villa team were against Everton and Man United. And because it was Everton and Man United, I had blinded myself into thinking that, oh, things are actually grand. Don't worry about those dodgy performances at the start of the year. We're back now. Jesus Christ, how badly that has aged. Those two teams are a fucking shambles. (laughs) Oh, fuck me. Yeah, that's like the worst teams. Like They're the best examples that you could have picked out for... um to show off that like you know hindsight is very important so the context is very important and that's it we're away to Everton on Saturday I will be back from Spain so I will see you then um, thanks a million for listening and please subscribe on whatever whatever platform you are listening to us on if you can't get it on whatever platform that you do prefer to get it on just let us know if you want to get in touch please do and thanks as always really do appreciate it and we'll see you on Saturday all the best. Now the wind is calling my name, and I.